now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, hop along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Real Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Real Radio, the best stop on your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Well, thank thank you, Mark Larson and San Diego. Welcome to another edition of Rod and Reel Radio. I am indeed your underfished host, Hop Along, John Cassidy, and we want to welcome you to this Christmas Eve edition of Rod and Reel Radio. Hey, I hope you guys are sitting around Enjoying the holidays, out of the shopping malls now, maybe watching a little football with the family. Maybe you've already had dinner or you're getting ready to open up gifts. Whatever it is, we appreciate you coming on by and saying hello to us tonight. We've got a whiz-bang show for you tonight. Let me go to, uh, just go over what we've got. First of all, from H&M Landing, we've got that old guy that you run into as soon as you walk through the uh, door. Mr. Danny Wade is with us. We're going to... Just talk fishing with Danny, maybe get a chance to talk about iron, some of the old-time fishing, too, over there, and what's happening at H&M Landing currently. And then later on in the show, we've got the director of the 2017 Yellowtail Derby, John Campbell. John's going to be with us to update us on the 2018 Derby. He's also going to tell us about a new hat that he's wearing with uh, Cruise Costa Rica, and we're going to have a great promotion for you listeners that we're going to be bringing to your attention. John's going to be bringing us that to us, so we'll tell you about that as we get along. And then later on the show, from Sea Adventure Sports Fishing, Captain Chuck Taft will be with us. We'll find out what's happening out there currently. And then later on to the show, if we can catch up with him, the fish icon himself, Captain James Nelson, will be with us to tell us about local inshore fishing. But before we get started... Let me introduce to you the co-host of Ron Real Radio. First of all, this lady is the national sales manager for Iserline and represents many other fine industries in the fishing world, Miss Wendy Toshihara. Wendy, how you doing, ma'am? I am doing great. I'm at my cousin's house on Westlake, and we are fishing, catching bass, largemouth bass, and just having a good time, having my crown on the rocks. It's awesome. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Wendy, we've got a few guests here tonight that uh, I think you know. First of all, let's say to one of our first in-studio guests that we have, Mr. Danny Wade. Danny, how you doing? I'm doing very well. Hey, and very thanks well. for coming aboard with us tonight, especially, no. especially on Christmas Eve. No problem. I'm not doing anything anyway. Well, you are going to be doing <laughs> something for the next two hours, I hope. You know, something about radio People like to hear you speak, so if you don't do anything, that's dead air. doesn't make for good radio. So, Danny, I think you, 
you have a story or two to tell before we're over tonight. Probably. All right. And then also, I've also invited two of our special guests, friends of Rod and Reel Radio. Uh, first of all, Rob Tressler, recreational fisherman. Rob, how you doing? I'm good, and happy holidays and Merry Christmas to everyone. Hey, Wendy. Hey, Rob. You know, and naturally, wherever you see Rob, it's almost inevitable you're going to see his fiance, Lori Heath. Lori, how you doing, ma'am? I'm doing awesome, and uh, happy uh, happy Christmas and happy holidays to everybody. That is good, Lori. Hey, Lori. Hey, Wendy. I just saw your catch. It looks amazing. <laughs> We're having fun. <laughs> Wish I was there. Yeah, Lori uh, is referring to Wendy just uh, pacing uh uh, posting on Facebook. Uh, Wendy, where do you have the picture of you and your fish that you just caught on Facebook? We're, we're at West Lake in uh, Thousand Oaks, and we are fishing, so it's a private community, and we're able to fish this lake because my cousin has a house right here on the water. Oh, well, really neat. What? Uh, uh, there's a picture of you with a nice largemouth bass. What did you catch that monster on? I am drop shotting a Yamamoto uh, green pumpkin lizard, and Merritt caught his on a crankbait. All right. Uh, I tell you that uh, green pumpkin that Gary Yamamoto makes in almost anything will catch fish almost anywhere you go. That's right. Anything Yamamoto, whether it's a Senko or a lizard or a brush hog or whatever, the creature bait. They get bit. Right. Hey, Winnie, before we get on to the show, we uh, the past couple of weeks uh, we've been concerned about Merritt having to evacuate Bakersfield in light of the Thomas fire. Tell us what the uh, current condition is there right now that, that you're aware of. So Merritt lives in Santa Barbara, and uh, the fires were 2.6 miles away from his house. He did get evacuated, but... Um, Thank goodness for the rain and the firemen and everyone, and his house, his home is safe. So Merritt gets to move all his stuff back out of my house to his house in Santa Barbara. Wow, what a what a predicament to be in now. Uh, have you been up there? Can you tell? Is there still fire burning? Or I know it's been contained. Is, is it out now, or are they still uh, dousing hot spots? No, it's contained as far as going towards the um, cities. They have it um, burning towards the mountains, and they are doing backburns, and they're up against the scars of the um, previous fires. And so they're doing all right. And, and you know, it, it's really interesting because a lot of people, um, especially the extreme environmentalists, don't want our forests burned. But they do need to be burned, and they do need to be managed and controlled. And uh, so they are now being able to burn off all this dead wood that should have been um, taken out of our forest. And so they're, they're doing a great job, and thank you to our firemen. And everybody in Santa Barbara is safe now, and they're going to the backcountry. The fire is going towards the backcountry. You know, Wendy, w- stories go back as far as before there were uh, white settlers here with the Native Americans, how they used to systematically burn off the plains and burn off the forests because they knew that that that's how they kept the fires under control. But also importantly, there's a lot of plants that don't seed and germinate until there is a fire. Exactly. And, you know, and a lot of people don't realize that until there is a fire, a lot of these, 
seeds don't germinate, and and it does need to be controlled. And the way it used to be when our um, um, Department of Forestry used to um, burn and control these burns, um, it used to be great and help out. And just like with wildlife, um, within you know, with our predators like the coyotes and the mountain lions, I mean. If you don't have proper management, it's going to get out of control, and they're going to start eating our pets like they are now and attacking humans. So, yes, there is a fine balance between us and wildlife, but, you know, it does need to be managed. All right. Hey, I do want to let our listeners know, too, that my other co-host, usually Stan Vandenberg, you're hearing him, but Stan is with family back in Texas, and... uh, enjoying their company. So, Stan, we look forward to speaking to you and you being with us again in the new year. Hey, well, Wendy, let's say hello to our guest. First of all, this is a guy that I think every time I walk into H&M Landing, he happens to be there, and he's he's one of the stalwarts. He's one of the regulars. He was there today. If you stop by H&M Landing, let's welcome to the show Danny Wade. Danny, welcome. Thank you. You know, hey, Danny. Danny. Hi, how you doing? Good. You know, Danny, you are such an institution there at H and M Landing, but you go way, way, way back. Tell tell us a little bit about the history and how you got to where you are today. Dumb luck. <laughs> uh, my dad. Yeah. My well, dad started me like he probably started all of us. You know, city of Imperial Beach, sport fishing. That boat there. Now, when, I, when we, I was a little kid, they had a barge. And that was the first boat I ever fished on. A barge. Now, at that time, at the City Imperial Beach, was that boat launch? No, was that boat launching from the end of the pier or what? Yeah, yeah. It had a. It, it was a, a. A hydraulic system had a ramp. Tied the boat up to the side of the pier, steel hull. And you would spring line it to the side of the pier and, and bounce off that and load your people on with the, the hydraulic lamp that was able to be lifted up and down according to swell and so on. Wow. It was fun. That had, <laughs> yeah. that had to have been exciting on heavy days when heavy surf was rolling in down there at IB. Well, I mean, the pier that was there then is probably 100 feet longer than what is there now. Uh-huh. So, I mean, wow. it was a little deeper water and it was, and it was a lot easier. All right. Yeah. And you were telling us when we were just chit-chatting that a lot of skippers skippered that boat, but one in particular that whose name we'll recognize was skippering when you went aboard as a boy. Chuck Taft. Yeah. Yeah. So I tell you, uh, I think you can hone your skills launching a boat and taking off from a pier and coming on back uh, in a regular dock. It's got, you've got to make it easy for sure. I I would believe so. You know, nothing else is moving. Yeah. But yeah, Chuck Taff, uh, he ran boats there for I'm I'm not going to say how long. I don't exactly remember. But uh, we had some good fishing. I mean, some good fishing. And what made that whole operation really work down there was, come July, when all the boats from San Diego Bay went offshore, the only boat in town going into Coronado Islands. Right. Now, at that time, was there a bait barge there, or were you using artificials, and that's how kind of you you honed your expertise when it came to artificial lures? Well, yeah, I mean, I preferred that, even as a kid on the pier catching bonito, you know. 
little tiny two-ounce sinker, and you put a hook on the end of it, and you scrape it up with a knife and make it shine. That's how it all started. Well, wait a minute. Scrape it up with a knife? How about that nice coating that the manufacturers put on there sometimes? <laughs> no, no, a torpedo sinker. Just a piece of lead. Just a piece of lead. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's... First yellowtail I ever caught in my life was on a San Diego in 1965, and it was on a 6X Junior. Been doing it ever since. And how'd you get involved in working in the sports fishing industry? Imperial Beach. Uh, I just happened to get along with some of those guys that were working on the boat, and I did some pinheading. I worked in the office, you know, fixed reels, filled in deckhand-wise here and there, and just whatever needed to be done, you know, from a... I'm not even sure how old I was. I'm going to say somewhere between 12 and 14. You know, when we talk about the good old days, a lot of people are talking about the the era that you talk are talking about. But in recent years, we've had some great fishing off here off our local coast. Does it compare, or was it just different? It, I don't think it's it's more the same. I, I mean, it's all based on conditions. You know. Just because it happened 35 years ago doesn't mean they were bigger and better. It just means it happened 35 years ago. Some of the fish we catch around here right now are incredible, you know. This yellowtail in and around the islands, what you were doing today, Rob, and yesterday, and, and so amazing. on. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's not so much that it happened yesterday, you know. It, it's, it's that conditions are right and it's happening now. And, and when you, you know, when you were fishing in, in the 60s and 70s, uh, how is that different than the way people are fishing today? It, it, or is there a big difference? Well, the equipment's, you know, boats are better, boats are quieter, you know, they don't smell diesel-y like they oh, used yeah. to. Boy, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, the bait is, I mean, originally Dick Zachman, the man who owned Imperial Beach Sport Fishing, there was another bait company in San Diego, and I'm trying to remember, I'm Bullard maybe, but whatever it was, I, I don't remember the name, but he had a deal set up with them because he had a couple of boats on moorings to where when they were coming during the spring and summer, when they were coming in back to San Diego Bay, they would stop and bait his boats up. So he didn't have to run into the bay, but eventually Coast Guard said he couldn't have the moorings, so he moved his boats into Sun Harbor, then he just picked the bait up on the bay on the way out. The city of Imperial Beach is now called a Sea Watch. It's got recessed bait tanks. Those bait tanks probably go somewhere close to three feet below the deck. So it holds a ton of bait, absolute ton of bait. Well, you know, when I start fishing with my dad uh, out of uh, Fisherman's Landing in the mid-50s and we were going out on boats like the Pallardo and the Kingfisher and the Del Mar and uh, a few of those boats, it just seemed like everything was dead reckoning. I mean, there there was no electronics almost to speak of. Uh, the skippers, though, knew where the fish were. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I tootled with Manny Silva a little bit, and and, and he would uh, come up to, say you're coming up to Tuna Rock or something of that nature. He'd, he'd you know, stick his head in the radar, and he'd look off to the island, he'd look over to the beach, and it's look at his compass, and then he'd finally turn his meter on because he didn't want to burn the paper. <laughs> I understand that. And then all of a sudden, he'd sit there and you'd see it just click, 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 and that scratch would start, and the tuna rock would be there. 
How do you do that? Said, You'll figure it out one day. <laughs> well, I, I even heard that when the boats were actually even going down the Paha coast, that they would triangulate and they'd, it'd be between buildings and trees and even they used to go ashore and put up like a pennant or something like that. So when they came back, they triangulate where they were offshore to try to get to a piece of structure sure. or a rock or something like that because they didn't have the electronics at that time to do that. And that seems just incredible now that they can still go out and find those spots and catch fish on them. You know, there are a lot of guys that still do that. Well, I know there's, and Rob, you'll know this, there are a lot of guys that did that in uh, uh, bass fishing too. We'd, we'd get on the lake and it was this point and that tree and this hill and that cove and, and everything. And, you know, before, even with the green boxes that, you know, you, they weren't helpful until you almost got right on top of the spot. Absolutely. In fact, I'll, I'll confess something. I mean, I've tournament bass fished the Sacramento River Delta and Clear Lake extensively for years. Um, and um, you get, after a while, you get familiar enough with the waterway, even though it's 1,100 miles of waterway, to where 80% or 90% of the time, and Laurie will attest to this, I didn't use my sonar or my, my uh, GPS. You, know, you get to where you know the area so well. It is like Danny says, it's conditions, and, and the delta works that way. It's current. Um, bait, cover, and structure. And by structure, what I mean is you want a shallow water with a deep water access point nearby. And if you get those four variables going, you've got moving water and you've got bait in the area and you've got tules or wood or something that can serve as cover and then you've got a transition zone, you'll be, um, you'll be able to um, uh, have a high probability of fish. And that's when guys tell me, well, how do you fish the delta? It all looks fishy because it does is you look for that, those four things at a minimum. And if you do that, you probably don't need to turn the sonar on that frequently up there. All right. Hey, guys, we're going to have to take a break right now. We've got Wendy Toshihara on us. We've got Danny Wade. We've got Rob Tressler. Laurie's also on the line, too. But uh, coming up next, director of the 2018 Yellowtail Derby, John Campbell, he's going to be with us. So stay tuned. There's still a lot more Ron Real Radio to come. count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect, finally a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at El Cajon. HoneFord.com. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong. 
but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. I got a garage full of fishing tackle, and every time I get out on the water, I realize I forgot something important. But I never forget my life jacket. I make sure my buddies wear theirs, too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics, McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovid reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal Tackle Store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. 2015 and 16, Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters, the PTA design has the new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger, bone crushing drag, Quantum Fishing. We are performance tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619-466-8355. Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. Wendy and I, we do want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. Our guest here in the studio is uh, Rob Tressler with us, recreational fisherman. Lori Heat, recreational fisherman. Danny Wade, one of the fixtures at H&M Landing that... You'll see almost any time you go on over there. And we'll be speaking with them during the show here, but it's now time to go and find out what's happening with the 2018 Yellowtail Derby. And who better to talk to than the director himself, John Campbell. John, welcome to the show. Thanks, John. I'm really happy to see you have Lori Heath there as well. I, Lori Heath, what do we... You don't want to ask about uh, Danny or Rob. You ask about Lori. Oh, yeah, Lori's here. Wendy's here. Yeah. Hi, John. Hi. I, I know Lori's been in the tournament many times and a big supporter. Oh. So uh, it's all good. Yeah, the 2018 uh, Yellowtail Derby uh, is set to start April 28th through June 3rd, and uh, we have a we have a special big discount entry fee going right now. Until December thirty first, of fifty dollars. The other fee is eighty. The regular fee is eighty. So it's a good uh, good time to, to jump on in, and uh, you got seven six or seven days left. So uh, and that's a deal. Going to be good. I've also got a new um, a new Miss Yellowtail Derby. No kidding. And who might that be? That is Amber Peters, and she is she works with uh, Oversea uh, Insurance. The boat insurance company. All right. Well, that is great, man. The, the the derby's coming together, and and it was exciting last year. The way you go out and you get prizes and things that everybody that attends either the sign up meeting or the awards meeting normally there's great prizes to be had. If you place, there's even better prizes. But you know, I think one of the evolutions in the derby. 
is actually more and more women now are coming aboard and fishing the Derby. Like, uh, you know, as opposed to when you started, what, this is your the ninth year, the tenth year, somewhere like that? This is the tenth, the tenth wow. annual, yes. Wow. And, yes, there are, there are more ladies, and there are more uh, juniors as well. Wow. So you've got the, uh, uh, the early entry now, which is $50, and that'll be until, uh, is that the end the, uh, the 31st of December? Yeah, it goes through the 31st of December, okay. and then the, fees, the fee will go up. All right. So jump on in. Now give us the, uh, the dates for the Derby uh, this year. It's uh, April 28th through June 3rd, and we have a kickoff party on the 20, 25th or 26th of April at the Valley High, and uh, be a lot of fun. Uh, we have a speaker for that, and, and it'll be a pretty exciting uh, evening at the Valley High. Uh, Miss uh, New Miss Yellowtail Derby, Amber Peters, will be there nice. uh, helping out with the drawings. And that'll, that'll be great now. John, this is the Yellowtail Derby, but in the past you've expanded out into different categories. So besides Yellowtail, what are the other categories that uh, uh, people can uh, qualify fish? Well, Yellowtail, and uh, now everybody's got to go and try to beat Harry Okuda's 49-pound Yellowtail he caught last year to, take, uh, take, to try to get in and be uh, the winner. Uh, white sea bass, halibut, and any kind of tuna. Wow. You know, and it's funny that tuna is a new category because with this, I don't know if we want to call it phenomenon or if this is going to be the new normal, that uh, tuna category has been pretty awesome, and, and there's been good prizes that you've been able to put together for that. Yes. Well, we have, we have trips and gear and money, of course. The big, the big, uh, big prize is going to be for a yellowtail. The largest yellowtail gets the most money and the most trips, and we weigh in the winner of the largest yellowtail. We put them on a fulcrum, and on the other side of the fulcrum, we add, we put on uh, cases of Ballast Point Pale Ale beer and until it so, evens out. So you. Uh, you you have the uh, the pale ale scale uh, that uh, you weigh out the person on, and on the other side you uh, just load it up with uh, ballast point, and when everything balances out, that's uh, the first place prize. That's not too bad. That's well, that's part of it, but uh, you know I think everybody tries to to get in there and cheat me, and they they move the center of the board, you know, till the point where. Uh, Harry Okuda weighs about 105 pounds. He walked away with 11 cases of beer last last year. <laughs> but it was all fun. I think Harry was wearing a weight belt for sure. Well, John, if people want to find out more about the Yellowtail Derby, get an entry form, get it on into you, especially to take advantage of that $50 entry fee by the end of the year, how's the best way to do it? They can go online to yellowtailderby.com. And they can sign up online. Uh, they can uh, they can call me with any questions at six one nine 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 one five four eight zero, and uh, that's that's the best way to to uh, to join right now. 
All right. Now, hey, John, another thing I want to talk about. Last time we met, you gave me your card, and I've, I've had a lot of John Campbell cards. I'm going, what's John giving me a card about? And I'm reading down there, and it has John Campbell, and then it says uh, <coughs> Cruise Costa Rica Sports Fishing on that. What the heck is that all about? Well, uh, here's, here's what happened. They, uh, I got introduced to a company called uh, uh, Cruise Connection to Cruise, and uh, uh, Marlis and George Abelli have uh, been in the business for 40 years. They're, they're elite uh, you know, people that, uh, in, the, in, the, in the tourism business. Um, they, they, they supply a lot of people going to Costa Rica and they have a client down there, Barcelo, uh, resorts and the Occidental Grand Papagayo, uh, is on the, uh, Gulf, uh, the, the Papagayo Gulf right near the Liberia airport. And, uh, uh, so it came up with the idea and they have, that it's an all inclusive hotel. It's the first time I've ever been something like that. You, you don't have to pay for anything. You're in there. There's no tipping. Well, I guess, you, yeah, you can tip. But you can eat, all, eat, eat everything, drink everything, and it's all, in, all included. Fabulous rooms, fabulous place, beaches, fishing, this and that. So, uh, but they're, they're adult only. So their low season is summer. And that's also uh, is the best fishing season in the Gulf of Papagayo, where, where all the other places in, in Costa Rica are rainy or windy, uh, right out in front of the Papagayo uh, Gulf, and even inside, is great fishing. So uh, I found that out after going down there. I had a chance. I had a chance. They, they the uh, Connection of Cruise, brought me down, and we talked to all the people at the, at the resort, and uh, so they're, we're trying to put this together and do do uh, trips down there. And the best thing to do is uh, to contact the uh, cruise connection to cruise, and their uh, their phone number is eight 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 seven nine seven nine one three three, or you can call me with the phone number I gave you a little while ago six one nine 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 one five four eight zero. Now, this so, is uh, a lodge that you're kind of representing down there, the Occidental Papagayo Resort. And yes. uh, uh, from what you told us, you visited down there, and it sounds like the fishing experience is just exceptional with all the different species that are available there. That's right. And there's actually, there's uh, the, currently have 80 IGFA world records uh, in, uh, in, made in Costa Rica. That are standing right now, so there's a lot of good fishing. I'm hoping to break some of those records in May. <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. Because <laughs> I will be, Merritt and I will be in Costa Rica in May, so hopefully we'll be able to do something. Wow, oh, terrific! That, that'll be neat. Well, you know, John, what sounds great about this place is that you pay the one price, and by then when you get there until the time you leave. Other than gratuities, you don't have to pay anything. So if you want to drink Coca-Cola's the whole time you're there, fine. You want to drink Cuba Libras. You want to have a nice bottle of wine. You want to 
have a great dinner, you want to just snack. I mean, it's turnkey. Everything's supplied for you till the time you leave. What a, what a great it, deal. It, it is, and there's multiple different kinds of restaurants and, and, and different locations and things, and it's spectacular. They, they put me in a fantastic room. And, they, you know, they, they've got other things down there. They've got monkeys, and they've got parrots flying around, uh, iguana, lizards, uh, all sorts of fun stuff. Well, I'm, uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that uh, the weather down in Costa Rica is just a tad bit different than the weather we see up here in the upper 48. So that must be a tropical uh, zone, and uh, I'm sure there are a lot of rainforests there. Yes, and John, uh, I've been uh, given the okay to give you, for somebody to, to win uh, in a contest with, your, with, with the, your, your, your radio show, a three-day, two-night, uh, free, everything free at the... Uh, Grand, uh, Occidental Grand Papagayo. Wow. You know, and that is uh, for two, is it not? That's for two. So, John, this is what we're going to do. And, man, I can't thank you enough. What we're going to do in January, we're going to run a little promotion uh, to stay at the Occidental Papagayo Resort in Costa Rica. We'll be announcing just exactly what it is. We'll run it through... Uh, the month of January, and then at the end of January, we'll be awarding two lucky listeners a trip down to Costa Rica. Now, this doesn't include airfare because, you know, we're not travel agents, but so you have to, you know, make your way down there. But then after that, we'll take care of you from the time you get down there to the time you leave. Is is that right, John? That That's right. And, uh, uh, no, that's, that's absolutely right. So it's it's for one couple. Oh, one couple. That's two people. But it's, it's, it's either one person or a man and a wife or girlfriend or whatever. All right. So a, a couple to stay down there. Well, John, we'll be at, uh, uh, we're going to advise our listeners uh, keep watching Facebook and then listening to Ron Real Radio in January. And we'll be giving you the details on how we you can win. Uh, a three-day, two-night stay at the Occidental Papagayo Resort down in Costa Rica. John, thank you. That's uh, that's really generous of you. Uh, um, man, whoever wins that, I, I think we'll all have to get together and go with them. I'm not yes. wearing a wig, Dan. <laughs> hey, and maybe, maybe we can put a, a, a trip together. Let's yeah. do that. All right. Well, John, you know, I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're about ready to board a train to, to be with your loved ones here for the holiday. I, I can't thank you enough. And when you get back, we'll uh, put this promotion together and just figure out how we're going to award this. And, again, I want to thank you for uh, thinking of Rod Real Radio and our, our listeners. And, uh, and then I know we'll be talking to you again from time to time uh, before the uh, start of the 2018 Yellowtail Derby. Thanks, John. All the best. Merry Christmas to all. Merry Christmas, John. All right. John Campbell. Billy Kalikimaka. Yeah. Billy Kalikimaka and a Howley Ho. I thought you said Kilikibasa. That's Hawaiian. Hey, 
Hey, we got to take a break, everyone. That was Winnie Toshihara that you were uh, listening. I'm Hopalong John. We've got uh, Danny Wade. We've got Rob Tressler. We've got Laurie Heath with us. Uh, coming up uh, later on the show, Captain Chuck Taft will be with us. Also, Captain James Nelson. So stay tuned. There's a lot more Ron Real Radio to come after these messages. Are you ready to sell your current boat and upgrade in preparation for the 2017 fishing season? It's sure to be one for the bucks. I'm Zach Zorn and a broker for Kessler Yachts located in San Diego. As one of the largest and most reputable brokerages on the West Coast, I can ensure that your boat will be sold in a timely manner or that your dream boat will be found. If you want to sell your boat or looking to purchase one, call Zach Zorn at Kessler Yachts, 760-815-8866 so that your name can be added to our long list of satisfied buyers and sellers. That's Zach Zorn, 760-815-8866. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their product. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. The warm weather is here and our lakes and rivers are brimming. Just remember, if you love California and you love to boat, please wear your life jacket. And make sure everyone with you puts one on, too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. And we do want to welcome everyone back to Ron Real Radio. I'm your host, Hopalong John Cassidy. Wendy is with us tonight. Stan, well, he's off with family in, uh, in Texas uh, enjoying the, the holiday. But don't worry, we have live with us tonight Danny Wade from H&M Landing. Rob Tressler is with us. So is Lori Heath. And, and Danny, I, I want to get back to you. We were talking about some of the early days of fishing, some of your remembrances of uh, Imperial Beach, you know. A lot of people don't look at Imperial Beach as, you know, being a place to, you know, to go out fishing anymore. But at, at, there was a time there when that was big stuff going off the pier there. Oh, very much so. I, I mean, besides your spring and summer, your summer fishing, we had, we had rock cod fishing during the winter. Fishing down to what we used to call the Scanso Bay. Now they call it the Finger. Yeah. yeah. And we'd do that, you know, Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday, like clockwork, you know. Boy, you know, I remember uh, as a youth uh, in the 50s, uh, uh, Norm Schultz on the Pilardo, we'd go down to Descanso Bay, and I, I, it sounded so exotic. 
you know, we were going down to Baja yeah. and Descanso Bay to fish, and we'd head on down there, and it'd be foggy and overcast. You couldn't see the islands. You couldn't see the shoreline or anything else like that. And, and we'd, we'd just kind of like stop or slow down, and uh, the deckhand, John, would uh, start chumming, and we'd start bringing up Yellowtail. And I, I wonder, how do these guys ever find these places like this? And here we are catching Yellowtail all over the place. You couldn't see land anywhere. Well, I mean, you know, that was a, a different time frame, and you, you used the equipment you had. And half of that was your eyes and your brain. Uh, not that guys don't do that today by any means, but but most guys either had a, a paper meter or they had a flasher. Some had a radar. Radars were not required back then. So it was what? A, a ta- <laughs> time of day and dead reckoning. What was that, Wendy? I said flasher. What's a flasher? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's got a different meaning. Danny was the official flasher on every boat he's ever been on. <laughs> yeah, you know, and you know, it, it. What you know? When did you move on over though and uh, go to the uh, uh, the landings over in Commercial Basin now, Danny? Seventy something. Yeah. Uh, I was still in high school, five-ish, maybe, 74, 75, somewhere in there. And were you, uh, were you brought aboard? Were you deckhanding on the boats, or what were you doing? I was deckhanding here and there. Uh, uh, worked and Again, I worked in the office as well. I kind of did all of it. I worked on some natural history trips, you know, doing just lots of different stuff and going to school at the same time. Okay. And, you know... Those are the times when we were thinking um, the big yellowtail run, uh, not only the yellowtail runs, but also the albacore runs. And and that must have been exciting at the time because when those albacore were running, man, the boats were going huckley buck. Well, albacore at that time, I mean, when that stuff would take off, I mean, that parking lot would just buzz. I mean, literally buzz. People, that's all it was, was people just albacore, 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 albacore. Didn't matter how big, didn't matter how many. As long as it's albacore. You think that parking lot is difficult now? In 1975, that parking lot was really difficult. <laughs> yeah, well, it wasn't very well controlled. You know, park. Yeah. Just park. Yeah. Now you have the three landings over there. Were you working H&M or were you going back and forth? Man, and mainly H&M, mainly. Okay. And where were some of the boats of, uh, at that time that uh, you were working out of? I worked on a Malahaney with Manuel. Oh, yeah. Uh, did a stint a little while off and on on the H&M 85, or what is now called the Chief. No kidding. Yeah. With a guy named Tommy Kaler. Okay. Uh, did a little bit on the Fenalista here and there, some natural history stuff, and by then I was kind of over it. Okay. A guy my size working on a boat with bunks that are made for a 6'1 person is... A little difficult. Yeah, but at that time, you were probably 165 pounds. Oh, I was never 165 pounds. <laughs> no. Maybe when I was in, like, 6th or 7th grade. The last time I saw 165 was when I was going past it. <laughs> I know the feeling. Oh, man. You know, and, uh, you know, you're known for, you know, also being an excellent fisherman because we were talking beforehand, a lot of times... 
the uh, skippers, they wanted you to come on the board the boat so not only you could help the fishermen, but you could help the fish counts, too. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And how would you hone your skill as, uh, as a jig fisherman? Because I think, am I correct in assuming if there's anything you'd like to fish with, it's a jig? Oh, sure. I, I, I had a desire. Catching them on bait just wasn't fun enough. And it was a desire, and unfortunately, I, I met people along the way, paid attention to people along the way. Men like Jimmy Darlin, you know, and that's going back a ways. Chuck, yeah. Chuck knows who Jimmy Darlin is, as well as you. Yeah. Uh, I became friends with Bill Shimizu and Jim Shimizu, Caddy Lures. Yes. Uh, I would had the ability to go up there and actually learn how to make my own. Mm. You know... Rob Trester was telling me, he says, John, you're not going to believe the amount of iron I've got. And I said, you know, when we had the swap meet, you know, I said, come on, Rob, Rob bring some of that iron here and sell it. Oh, no, I can't do that. I I'm love each and everyone. Yeah. And, Dan <laughs> uh, Dan and Danny, I think you probably somewhere have a couple of three irons uh, stashed away, don't you? Boxes. Boxes. <laughs> And I get people all the time and say, what's your favorite lure? The one they're biting. Yeah. And how do you determine what that is? I mean, is it color? Is it manufacturer? It, you know, how, do you just keep on throwing different ones until that I, one lights up? I, I, I have developed <laughs> over the years. I can kind of tell you. I can look at these things and tell you pretty much if they're going to work or not. Hey, I'm never right all the time. But, but 45s, candy bars. Uh, 7Xs, baby 5Xs, this newer stuff out now, the JRI, you can look at it and you can pretty much tell that it's pretty fishy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lori, did... Oh, Wendy, did you want to say something? Yeah, you know, for me, it's, if I were a fish, this is what I would be biting. I'd bite that. That's what <laughs> I'm using. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, I um, I I came. I've been doing sport fishing down here with Lori for about three years now, and and uh, being the typical bookworm that I am, I bought all the books I could find about local Southern California fishing spe specifically. And there actually was a book chapter called The Man, and it was about Danny Wade, which who is this guy, you know? But then I started reading about it and um, found out about surface iron fishing and being a bass fisherman, a tournament bass fisherman. This idea of Putting it, nothing wrong with it. I've done it. I did it a little bit today for about five minutes and then went back to jig fishing. But putting a chunk of squid or cut bait on a sinker rig and dropping it straight down and waiting for a bite works on a boat. But surface iron fishing, especially on a sport fishing boat, you actually, you're actively hunting. And Dan and, and, and Charlie Iwashita and, and those folks have all taught me that. It's a much more active way of fishing on a sport fishing boat. And that's what got me hooked. It wasn't just sitting on the corner at your groove on the your number on the rail and and hoping something bit it's that you're now actively fishing you're moving around the boat you're watching the water you're trying to figure out what's going on which i'm not there yet at all i'm still doing it but that really was got me was what got me hooked is like for the first couple of months i brought nothing but surface iron with me and tried to learn how to fish that stuff i still am but i was hard-headed about it well it's not really surface iron but I, was, I don't care i'm throwing the iron well rob it out. you know i think as a freshwater fisherman i know exactly what you're talking about because 
look at all the artificial lures that we use. We much yep. rather fool them yep. and feed them. Yep. And I know there's a lot of artificial stuff in the saltwater side, but when you start looking at spinner baits, crank baits, chatter baits, plastic worms, you know, crawdads and topwater baits, uh, jigs, and all the artificial stuff we have. You know, we get a fisherman come in the store, and he knows nothing about bass fishing. He goes, eh, I want you to tell me about bass fishing. Give me a lure that I can use. And I, I show him <laughs> 2,000 square feet of gondolas and rows, and, and I go, Not what do you want to learn about first? And Danny, you're probably that way, too, when it, when it comes to saltwater fishing. You much rather fish an artificial than a, uh, than a live bait almost any time. Outside of fishing bluefin tuna to Coronado Islands, I haven't put a bait on to catch a yellowtail in probably some 25 years. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that's something. You know, I've got a little time, Danny. Can you tell us you like fishing with iron? Can you give us the, you know, the optimum uh, rig to fish iron with when it comes to the type of rod and reel and line? Do you use spectra? Do you use monotail? Give us a, a little uh, iron fishing one-on-one, if you will. The optimum rod for me is between 10 and 10 and a half feet, preferably fiberglass. It's a much slower load, so it, it reacts slower, and, and it's easier to cast, and the distance is greater. Uh, I still use mono. I use spectra as a backing just to fill the bottom of the reel up, and in case maybe once in a while you hook a big one, but, but uh, mono. It, it's... Because of this kind of fishing we're doing, you're casting and you're making really quick casts. Spectra binds itself and you're just going to throw your lure off the end. Monofilament, it allows you to wind through the fish when it bites. You hook them, fish them on 40 pound. I would prefer 30 pound, but 40 pound because of sea lion issues and things of that nature. At least you got a shot. And then, uh, you know, you're looking at the water, color spots. Rippling fish, uh, bird schools, with the guy running the boats telling you, hey, you know, we got a spot of fish coming down up the side of the boat or whatever it may be. And it's even different between anchored fishing and, and drifting, or what we call sonar fishing. When you anchor, you sit on a spot and you draw the fish to you. And just by understanding and learning what's going on, you know what side of the boat to fish on, what side of the boat to throw your lure on. Because you know those fish are going to react to that bait on whatever side of the boat it may be. Drift fishing is making long casts where the fish are, you know, hey, look what we got. These fish are coming up the port corner of the boat. Well, you've got an advantage because the guy around the boat is telling you where the stuff is coming from. And it's just paying attention to what Mother Nature has to offer you. And then learning how to fish a lure. You know, you don't just... Think about a guy fishing a big swim bait for a bass. He does just cast it out and wind it in. Speeds it up, slows it down, makes it do something. Well, you got to do that with surface iron at times, and it's just, you got you got to you got to put your work in, and, and eventually it kind of all starts coming together. And when you start hooking fish on the stuff, then you say, "Oh, this is what it's all about." <laughs> you know, uh, I hear people say. When you've got a jig, you just reel that thing as fast as you can, especially if you're fishing surface irons. Is that a wise philosophy or not? No. I, I, I a friend of mine that works uh, inaccurate, and I'm not trying to push anything, but 
he he came, he got me a couple of these Furies of uh, 600 narrow in a four to one gear ratio. A four to four one. To I, one. Didn't, I didn't even yeah. know they made one. Okay, four to one gear ratio. You think back when candy bars were being made. Caddy was getting into it, Salas was getting into it, and then along came the Schnabel and so on and so forth. That was all based off of a pen Jigmaster. Okay. And that's... Four, and that's that was... Four to one. Right. Yeah, I mean, before that you get into the real deals and the transmissions, but, you know, it was mainly based off the Jigmaster. And a Jigmaster wasn't called a Jigmaster because you were fly-lining exactly. bait. <laughs> it was, you know, meant for throwing jigs on that. Yeah, and, and so I use these, these 600 narrows in a 4-to-1, and it's a big, long handle, and, and it's just like fishing a Jigmaster. And when you hook them, they just come to the boat. Well, uh, are you doing that for surface irons? Or yo-yoing, or do you have a, a, a different speed that you like for yo-yoing? Yo-yoing, uh, anything from 4 to 1 to 6 to 1. Uh, I don't use a long rod, you know, just a, something like a 670 or a 6480. You know, any of that kind of 7 to 8 foot rod, and some usually 50 pound. And... Drop it down to the bottom, turn the handle 25 or so times, and do it again. And how about your drag? Do you have your drag button down on that, or do you leave a little play in it, uh, uh, especially when you first hook that fish on, or what? I leave a little play in it on the yo-yo end, on the surface iron end, because the rod is so long and the monofilament stretch, it's tight. Now, you mentioned you use 40 pounds uh, when you have a seal issue. Is is that because you want to just take that fish and crank it in and get it in as quickly as you can? Because the idea is to get it back and to get your lure back. I mean, a good swimming lure is, is hard to come by. You know, right. they don't grow on. There's a lot of sea lions with. The, I've had 400 jigs and three of them swim, but two of them, two of them now belong to sea lions. Oh. <laughs> but that's you know, like I say, you know, the lighter the, the lighter line is is works better. Thus, fishing with stuff like wire. <laughs> but the 40-pound, it, it just gives you a little aid, help, helps you get a fish to the boat. You know, unfortunately, people come in and they want to buy one jig and they go out and they throw it and for a little while and they go, that doesn't work. But a lot of times there isn't consistency in a lot of jigs that there are on the market, just like we find with freshwater lures, Rob. I mean, you you can throw... You know, three or four of the same, what you think is exactly the same, and, right. and one catches Absolutely fish, right. one you have, or maybe it's a confidence level. It, yeah. d- does the action change on that, or does it, do you just find one that you have confidence in, Danny, and you just keep on throwing it? Well, there is a confidence in it as dealing with lures you own. You know, it's very rarely that you pick on, oh, this one's just going to go out and kill them. But it does happen. But lures you own, you know, whatever color it may be, you know. You've, everybody's got their tackle box, and usually there's two or three surface irons in it. I have something to say on confidence. Yeah, so, I agree with you, Wendy. So, so when it comes to confidence and when you're fishing, there's a huge difference because you're going to play the fish totally different if you have confidence. If you have confidence in your line, you know how strong your line is, you know the breaking strength of your line, and you're going to horse that fish in if you know you have a strong abrasion-resistant line versus um, you have a line that you have no idea whose brand it is, 
And whether it's been sitting in the garage in heat or in the sun and ultraviolet light, and you don't know how how strong it is. And, and so you're going to play that fish a little different. So same thing with lures. You know, if it that that lure is attached to fishing line. And so if you're not confident, you're not going to be able to bring that lure in in a confident manner when you have a fish. And you can play that fish totally different than you would if you knew how strong that line is and how the hooks were on that and that on that uh, lure and your confidence level will totally be different and you would play that fish totally different so if you're totally confident you're you're going to horse that fish in but if you're not confident you're going to play totally different and you could give that fish a little more leeway and it could run it could it you could you know put your rod tip down and give it that little slack and it's going to get off so confidence is really key when you're fishing all right. Hey, Wendy, we'll, uh, we'll take that up uh, after we take our uh, top-of-the-hour break, uh, but we got a break right now. Hey, you're listening to Ron Real Radio on AM540. We've got uh, Danny Wade here, Rob Tressler, Lori Heath. That was Wendy Toshihara that you were listening to. Coming up next, though, is going to be Captain Chuck Taft from uh, Sea Adventure Sports Fishing. So stay tuned. There's still a lot more Ron Radio to come after these messages. You forgot to tell me the most important thing is the color. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect, finally a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. He's not just my fishing buddy. After 30 years, he's a brother, and I'd sure hate to lose him. His bass boat's got nothing to do with it. So I make sure both of us wear a life jacket. Save the ones you love, even if they don't own a fancy boat. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Quantum Fishing's got something for everybody. From the smallest angler to the oldest veteran, we can get you out there fishing with the greatest reels on the market today. From the all-new for 2016 Icon PT to the Tour Mag to the brand-new redesigned Smoke Reel, we've got something for everyone in your family. Have some fun. Take a kid fishing. They're the future of our sport. Quantum, we are performance-tuned. You can get your Quantum products at anglersarsenal.com or anglersarsenal in the Mesa at 619-466-8355. Attention Rod and Reel Radio listeners, be sure to check out the Code Group mobile app. You can listen to the Rod and Reel Radio show live along with show archives without internet access. The Code Group app has all kinds of cool features for fishermen including daily Southern California saltwater reports, weather reports, episodes of inside sport fishing, marine traffic, and much more. Get the free Code Group mobile app 
by texting the word REAL, R-E-E-L, to 90407, or enter the words CODE GROUP in the App Store on your smartphone. It's a big deal, you know, I've always wanted to be on Rod and Real Radio Line. <laughs> <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic, I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream, <laughs> that is just absolutely awesome. And we do want to welcome you back to uh, Rod and Real Radio. Wendy Toshahara is with me tonight. Our special in-studio guest is Rob Tressler, a recreational fisherman, Lori Heath. And then also we have Danny Wade from H&M Landing. And, but now it's time to speak to actually a guy I haven't talked to in a long time. I'm really eager to hear him give us a, an idea of what's happening out there in our local uh, offshore waters and that is owner-operator of Sea Adventure Sports Fishing, Captain Chuck Taft. Captain Taft, welcome to Ron Real Radio. Good evening and Merry Christmas to everybody. Hey, Merry thank you. Christmas, you know, Chuck, we were, before you, we get on to talk to you about what's happening here locally, we were reminiscing a little bit with Danny Wade, and he was talking about that there was a time that you were skippering one of the boats off of the Imperial Beach Pier. I I did not know that. Oh yeah, Danny and me go back a long, long ways. Man, uh, yeah, that was working with Dick Zachman down there, and we had some of the greatest times in the world down there. Some of the best fishing you'll ever see. Oh, that's what Danny was saying. He was saying, especially when everyone was going out running after Albacore you guys would run on down to the islands and that you would just kill them because there was no pressure down there at all. Oh, there were some good times, that's for sure. Well, you know, I've got a feeling, uh, uh, Captain Taft, that the good times are still here, and there's going to be a time many years from now we're going to look back and we're going to look at 2017, 2016, maybe even 2018 as the good old days, uh, it's been great fishing out there, has it not? Oh, this is unbelievable. You know, I mean, people don't realize what we have at this time and the fishing that we've had. And people can say what they want to say about this uh, bluefin only being allowed to catch two. But we are so fortunate right now that we can catch two tuna right now and have the time that we're having and the fishing that we're having and I think by controlling what's going on and the amount of fish that's being taken, that this is something that's going to help out for generations after generation. Well, Chuck, do you feel, and Danny, maybe you can jump into this too because you've been around the horn a couple of times. Have these fish always been here and we, we just didn't know about them, or is this just a new cycle that we're going through? And, Chuck, I'm, I'm going to let you answer that first. Well, these fish stay here year-round on this coast. It just happens to be at this particular point. The cycle and the feed layer that's here has a fish closer in and stuff. I think for years and years and years, this bluefin's been here. It's been outside of Guadalupe. It's been outside uh, Cortez and stuff. I mean... There's times in years past when we'd be out uh, rock cod fishing and see spots of big bluefin and stuff in the middle of the winter. It just, everything, all the stars are lined up perfect right now 
to where it hasn't gone anywhere. And, uh, two years ago, we were fishing them in March. I mean, and people got to realize the electronics that we have now and this, uh, all the equipment that we have so far ahead of what we used to have that people are able to find fish and stay on fish and uh, do things that we never, ever could before. I mean, whoever ever figured that you could go find a dime in the middle of the ocean, you know? But Danny, how about you? Uh, is this uh, a phenomenon that's going to be around for a little while? Have we just kind of missed it in past years, or what's your thoughts? Well, I, I tend to agree with Chuck. Anyway, I mean, I, I don't think that this fish really goes that far. A percentage of it migrates, but not all of it. Go back and look at how the Avalon Tuna Club got started. Mm-hmm. 1890, 1895. They were catching bluefin up there, and they were catching big ones on the remote gear that uh, the gear they had. You know, knuckerbustle reels, lemon line hickory rods, Zang Gray, Farnsworth, Holter, and all those guys. You know, they had caught fish up to 170, 180 pounds, and so it's not like it hasn't been here before. But again, like Chuck says, now you have the ability with satellites. Terrafin, different types of water charts, the electronics you have on the boat, and, and again, you can go, oh, look at them, there they are, you know. Rock cod fishing with Manny out at the 60 and or the 43. We'd see this stuff blow up during the winter, and you look at the guys, and they, well, what's that over there? Oh, it's a whale. <laughs> because it, what are you going to do with, you know, six odds, 80-pound Dacron and, you know, a whole lot of hooks? Wow. You know, it's been like this for a long, long time. I mean, it's just we've never, ever exploited it and fished this type before because we didn't have the equipment in the boats that could withstand the weather. We've had phenomenal weather this year, which made it even better and easier. But, you know, years past, We've been able to go fish rock cod. We've been able to do a lot of other things. So nobody really pushed to do what we're doing right now. With the closures that we have and things that are being forced upon us, people are looking for new avenues to keep their business going and keep things going right now. So boats have diversified to go look for this where we never did before. I mean, we used to go rock cod fishing, and even though you knew you could go catch a tuna or catch an albacore, people weren't geared up for it. And there's actually, believe it or not, more interest this next weekend for people wanting to go catch rockfish down in Fish Colonnette than there are for fishing bluefin. The old glory's Is that online, because... leaving on the 29th, and he's almost sold out for people wanting to go catch rockfish fish because they're tired of bluefin and we've only we leave on the 29th on friday night we only have a couple people and we're struggling to get enough people to run and it's limit fishing limit bluefin fishing and that's that's hard to believe but people aren't geared up for this kind of fishing this time of year captain chuck wendy has a question wendy you know when you go rock fishing that's a sure thing you you know well not exactly it's a sure thing, but 
You know, it, it, it's something that you can fill the freezer with. When it comes to bluefin fishing, a lot of guys are, like, very skeptical because they don't know if they're going to get them. But when you do get them, these bluefin are amazing. The fat content, the bellies, the meat, it's so fresh. And if anyone is contemplating going out and fishing or not, I would go. I mean, it's the perfect time to go. Not not very many people are going, so it's going to be a light load. And you're going to get great quality fish that you can't get in the stores. And if you go on a long-range trip, you're going to have something that's been frozen and in the hold for a long time where you get on one of Chuck's trips and you're, you know, you're fishing one day and the next day you're eating it. So I, I would recommend going out and fishing now. It's the best time to go when so many people are not going. In our own backyard. Yeah. Chuck, uh, uh, you know, we also have this phenomenon. I don't know if we, again, if it's cyclical, we had the red crabs. And I remember we had you on, uh, you know, many months ago that saying that there were solid red crabs going you know, all the way from La Jolla going out to the 60. I mean, there wasn't a place where you did not uh, meter red crabs. Now, that's kind of died off, and the fin fish have come in. Uh, is is this a cycle that you've seen before, or is this kind of a new phenomenon, do you think? No, it's a cycle that we've seen before and cycles that we've we've had quite a few different times. You know, and people have to understand that 90% of everything that, people are doing fishing and what we're catching is all has to do with the currents which way the currents going and which way the water's pushing in and out i mean the currents have more bearing and more to do with the feed layer that comes in for the bait fish and everything else than anything there is so it's all part of the cycle and stuff but there is there's just tonnage and tonnage of bait right now there's still red crabs around um there's squid all over outside the 60. There's, um, you know, and you guys, the majority of the fish we're catching right now are at the 60, but there's still fish outside of Cortez. There's still fish at Clemente. And I would have to venture to say, and nobody has been down and looked, there's got to be fish down inside the 371 and the 390. All that big fish that we were fishing a month and a half ago is kind of cycled and moved moved somewhere, and it isn't far because the, all the fish we're catching out there right now are anywhere from 18 to 45 and a few bigger fish, you know, up to 60, 70 pounds. But all that nice giant fish that was being caught for a couple, three weeks, that fish is somewhere, but fishing has been so good where we're at, that everybody's just gone back to the same spots. I mean, how do you not go back when 85% of the days out there, that a boat's out there, you're catching limits of bluefin? I mean, Wiley fish unheard to fine of, fish. Okay? And say what you want to say about only being limited to two, I think it's a great, great thing right now because we're not overfishing the fish, and it's giving you a chance to come back and catch fish again. So, so, Chuck, what what are you using? You, do you guys have fin fish or do you guys have squid? What are you guys using and what do you recommend as far as tackle 
going on your boat. I mean, because if, if you're going to be fishing fin fish, you're going to be using a certain type of hook. And if you're going to be fishing squid, you're going to be using another different type of hook. And how big is your squid and how big is your fin fish? Well, Wendy, the fish that we've had, we've had live squid to fish with uh, out there. We've had fin bait to fish with. And it's all worked, okay? I have found that in the morning and stuff, the fin bait works phenomenal. They bite, they bite that better than they do the squid. In the very middle of the day, when things are really slow, you'll pick some fish on some, on the squid and stuff. But then in the evening, you guys are getting bit on the fin bait and stuff again. In the dark. So what size and what would you recommend for the people jumping on your boat? What size hooks? Well, that's a preference, Wendy. I can't really. Everybody, we've had guys get bit. The guys that get bit the very best are fishing. For the fish that we're catching right now are getting bit on the 25 the best, okay? 20 and 25. But when okay. the fish are hungry, they're biting the 40 and the 50. So your hook size has to vary, Wendy, depending, you know, as well as everybody, on the size right. of the bait, the health of the bait, and your line size. But... There's days where that big fish shows up, so when you get on one of these trips, I don't care if you're with me or on any other boat fishing there, you need to have a light rod, a medium That's rod, right. a heavy rod. And like Danny Wade went fishing the other day, and he got bit on every fish on 40-pound. My brother has fished four trips out there with me. He actually went four trips in a row with me, more than he fished on his own boat this year because it's so much fun fishing. And he got bit yeah, on Yeah, he everything. doesn't have to do anything. So, you just have to fish. <laughs> I think we dropped down to a, a one-aught, too, with those, with the circle, a, or actually, a, yeah, circle hook is what I, we, we've been finding it's working for us. It works phenomenal, and I mean, the circle hook is a per preference, but a circle hook for most people fishing a bluefin is the answer because they don't have to set the hook, they get a special Just fish line. light line, they get the fish in the corner of the mouth, and they don't get bit off. Well, hey, Chuck, uh, we got to take a break. Can I ask you to please stay with us a little bit longer? Oh, with this company and Christmas here, how could I say no? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love you, Chuck. <laughs> well, if you didn't recognize the voice, that's Captain Chuck Taft from Sea Adventure Sports Fishing and with us tonight here in the studio. Danny Wade's with us, Rob Tressler, Lori Heat. That's Wendy Toshaharg. Uh, Calling in from Huntington Beach, I'm your host, Hop Along. Hey, we're going to take a break right now, but stay tuned. There's a lot more Rod and Reel Radio to come after these messages. I like rafting. I love whitewater. But I never forget that snowmelt in the river can cause cold water shock. I wear a life jacket always. Anyone with me has got to do the same. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. 
Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fish at Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. I got a garage full of fishing tackle, and every time I get out on the water, I realize I forgot something important. But I never forget my life jacket. I make sure my buddies wear theirs, too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hi, it's Tony Gwynn. Nobody treats you better. Nobody beats El Cajon Ford. Hi, it's Tony Gwynn Jr. For years, my dad said it so often. Nobody beats El Cajon Ford, and nobody treats you better. And that's so true. Now I am proud to join the El Cajon Ford team because with them, it's all about family. They treat you right. You're part of our family at El Cajon Ford. Thanks, Tony. We'll see you at Broadway in East Main and ElCajonFord.com. And welcome back to Rod Real Radio. Wendy Toshahar is with us tonight. Uh, Stan Vandenberg's, he's with the family for a Christmas break. We got Danny Wade, we've got Rob Tressler, we got Lori Heat. And our special guest this hour is Captain Chuck Taft from Sea Adventure Sports Fishing. And, and Captain, you know, Chuck, we've been talking about the bluefin, but, you know, it, do you think there is going to be a significant diminish in this bite? Once the uh, saners start going out there and wrapping these fish again? Well, that isn't going to be as big an issue as people realize. Uh, California is overshot their quota a year ago, and they are not allowed to fish bluefin this year. Oh, okay. So that is a good thing for us. And Mexico has only got X amount they have for their pens and at this point they're not liquidating all the fish out of the pens as fast as they want to so i think we're in very good shape and honestly i don't think our bluefin population is anywhere near as low as people thinks it is if you anybody you talk to that owns a boat or operated a boat will tell you there's more fish now than we've seen in 10 years so you know, just because some dumbass kid gets out of high school and has a biology degree can tell you he thinks they're gone and it's depleting, don't believe it. It's like them telling you the rockfish is depleted. There's more rockfish than there's ever been. Well, you know, and what I'm liking about what I'm seeing right now when uh, monitoring the boats a lot of the fellas uh, that were fishing, they go, man, I need special gear. I need that big two-speed uh, reel. I need that heavier rod. You know, uh, I really don't consider getting into a triple-digit fish a lot of fun. But the fish that are out there right now are manageable with just about anybody's gear to go out there and get. And there should there should be people, you know. You know, lining up at the dock to go on out, it, it just doesn't get any better, Chuck. No, fishing is absolutely as good now as I've ever seen it, and it's great, great fishing. And, yes, 
you do need a, if you're fishing those two and three hundred pound fish, yes, you do need the great big heavy outfit. But the majority of the fish aren't that size and that big fish right now. That's why when you get on a boat to go fishing, if you have all these boats are set up now, they have enough room for everybody to bring a variety of rods and reels. So you take a light rod, you take a medium rod, and you take a heavy rod. That way you're geared up for whatever happens to show up. The guys mm-hmm. running the boats, we have no control over what size the fish are. We don't know what size fish are going to be there every day because they have tails and they move. So bring what you have and enjoy catching what's there for the day. But, uh, Captain Chuck, one of the things, you know, if let's say you get a fisherman that has uh, a medium rig and a, a, a heavy rig and then a super heavy rig, when you're out looking for fishermen with the equipment that you have on the Legend and your boats right now, you can normally tell the grade of fish that you're getting into. So when the, when the guys are getting ready to, you know, start winding and grinding, uh, you can say, hey, you should be fishing with this or that because this is the size of the fish it looks like we're on. Yeah, I mean, everybody, you know, we do it and try to let everybody get geared up and tell them what size fish we're fishing. And all the boat operators nowadays are very good and try to tell everybody and keep everybody geared up. The seminars that are given on boats before the trips leave and while people are loading bait to gear up, tell people how to tie their hooks, tell them how how to put their specter on, and the crews that people have now. I mean, this is, industry has changed tremendously from when I started till now. This is probably the most people-friendly time, and the crews are more qualified on the boats now than they've ever, ever been. I mean, you got Danny in there, and he'll tell you, the things that the crews do now, you never thought about doing stuff like this in the past because it wasn't necessary, but... People now want more. The crews are giving them more. They're educating our customers more. And with all the different things you can see on websites and people going into your tackle stores and stuff, the equipment that you guys are sending our people with is just phenomenal compared to what we used to have. I mean, I never dreamed when we were fishing that people would have the equipment that they have now to uh, fight these fish and deal with. I mean, Everything has changed so drastically in the last 30 years. It's no wonder that people are catching more fish and having a greater time. You know, Danny, uh, and uh, check, let me go to Danny real quick. When people are coming through the landing, you'll have them walking through their H&M, and you probably answer one question more than any other question that's asked through the, the entire uh, season. And if there was one question that's asked of you all the time, what is it? Man, that's a tough one. Uh, I, I would say it would be, uh, what kind of rod should I use? Yeah. You know, and normally because of the fact that you're right there, you're the first person that they see uh, a lot of times before they get on the boat. You've got that information for them because you know where the boats are going. You know, you can tell them what boat out of H&M they're going on, and you can normally advise them in the right direction, whether it's their gear or whether or not you're renting them gear at H&M. Yeah, a lot of times you guys will come in, and, and I'll just say, bring your gear in. Let me look, you know. Yeah. That way I know what you got, you know. Well, I got a conventional reel. Well, that doesn't really mean anything. What kind of conventional reel? And then, uh, you know, if it's not up to snuff, 
we did that video here a couple of years ago on that Abbott stuff. You right. Know, the rental gear we got. Rent one of these, you know. You don't need to go buy a new one. Rent one of these. This will work just fine. Right. And, Chuck, you were telling us about how the industry's changed the caliber of the gear that you guys now have on the boats that are available for the people to, to use themselves. I mean, that that wasn't really something that you could depend on uh, maybe uh, 15, 20 years ago. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, everything in this whole industry is like anything else. It's revolving and getting better and better. I mean, every time you think you've seen the best reel ever, with the quality of people and the different reels, I mean, the reels are just unbelievable that they're developing and coming out with every day. I mean, who would ever thought we'd be fishing with Spectra and fishing with a reel that's four inches crossed (laughs) and having all the line in the world? I mean, I remember having 12-0s, 10-0s, you know? Those are so outdated now that it's unbelievable. I mean... Granted, a lot of the boats use six O's and stuff to troll with because it's, we have so many of those from the years gone past, but those are things that are totally outdated anymore, but they work. Is it what you really want to fish with? No, but, you know. Well, Chuck, we've got Lori Heath and we've got Wendy here, and, and Lori, you found out that these smaller reels, these two-speed reels, allows a person, you know, a female person, someone that's not as strong as Rob or Danny, to actually go out and fight these fish, and you've done it this year. Yeah, I did. Um, I have a couple different reels I use. I have an accurate um, Boss Fury 500. Um, it's a two-speed, um, and that's really been uh, great for me. I also have a, um, an Abbott 30-wide, uh, and that helps with the, the bigger fish. And definitely having the two-speed definitely helps. Having a, um, a shorter rod also um, Danny wrapped me a, um, a nice rod. Uh, Danny can tell you more about it, um, but it, it worked really great and, and handled that 152 that I brought in um, with ease. It was amazing. So, you know, you know here, Chuck, Chuck, we've got, we got an example of, uh, you know, Lori, you've only really started saltwater fishing, what, 18 months ago, two years ago at the most? Three years ago. Three, Three years, years ago. ago. Um, and now I've done it before in the past, but just, you know, traveling and doing it. And then up north so, I did it. So, John, one of the things that people really need to understand, especially women, is that we're very different. And Lori is completely different in stature as far as I'm concerned, you know, if you compare the two. And so I can't pick up a rod that's right off the shelf and expect it to fit me. I have to have something that's fit for me. I'm only five feet tall. You know, uh, Lori, how tall are you? I'm five six. So, so she has a longer arm reach, and mm-hmm. she has a longer torso, and she can reach over the rail. Where I mean, I can't even see the fish when I'm bringing them in over the rail. So, <laughs> I mean, it's it's totally different. I mean, I, I can't see if my fish is coming to color, right? And, and and so everybody is totally different. And when it comes to women, you have to be able to have a rod built for you. You can't just pick up a rod off the shelf. Go to your local tackle store, have it cut down to your size, and make sure it fits you because you're not going to have fun if you're using a 9-foot, 10-foot, 8, eight seven or whatever foot rod and you're only 5 feet tall. It's just not going to fit you right. So go to your true. local tackle 
yeah, go to your local tackle store. Get fitted for the rod that fits you so you can fight these big fish. Captain Chuck, and we were talking about this earlier, and you mentioned the, you know, the way the crews have evolved. And one of the things that I know that your crews are extremely good with is when you do have lady passengers come aboard, if you need to take the extra time or to instruct them on, on maybe techniques that they may not be aware of to help them catch these fish. Um, we have a lot of ladies that fish with us on the boat, and most of them are very good anglers, and most of them, and the thing that's best about them is they will listen and take We listen. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> hey. All the girls are cheering, but Chuck. that's the only Daddy time we listen, that. Chuck. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> unbelievable the difference. I mean, what? the talent that we people have now, but guys, whether it's your first time or you've never been fishing or you fished a hundred times, right now, this fishing that's going on is people-friendly fishing. We have people catching fish with rent rods that have never been on a boat a day in their life with this type of fishing that's going on right now. So this is something that people need to take advantage of. Granted, the guys that have all the fancy gear and fish every day, they're going to get bit a little bit better. But fishing's good enough right now that don't hesitate coming down, getting a rep rod with the quality of rods that are at the landing, come catch your first bluefin. Believe me, now is the time to do it. Well, you, you, you got that right, Chuck, because a few months ago we were talking about things that could be strange to fishermen like Yummy flyers and orca poppers and flat falls and and colt snipers and now we're talking about hooking up a good sardine and fly lining it out there and just waiting to get bit because that's the way the fishing's going right now it seems. Oh, it's it's great. I mean, and the fishing right now, guys are getting bit with a sinker, with a six to eight ounce sinker and a rubber band getting down deep. Guys are using little egg sinkers getting bit. Guys fly liner are getting bit. Guys fishing the flat ball are getting bit. I mean, it's a type of fishing that every when the fish go through, if you spend your time at the rail and soak a bait, you're going to get bit and you're going to catch a fish. But You know, Chuck, you just said something that's really key. The longer you stand at that rail and the more you change that bait, the better bait you have the better chance you get bit. Hard to get bit sitting in the galley drinking a cold beer or a cup of coffee. That's right. Yeah, Wendy's got a comment, Chuck. Wendy? Yeah, you know, Chuck has a great point. You know, if you're not in the water and you're not at the rail, you're not getting bit. And you've got to put in your time, and, and that's what Chuck's saying. Put in your time, get at the rail, put your line in the water, because you can't get bit sitting in the galley drinking a beer, like he said, you can't get bit if your line's not in the water, and you increase your chances when you're standing at the rail. You know, you, you've got to be ready, and you've got to be willing to put in the time, and it does pay off. Wendy, uh, Rob has a comment. And to, and to add to that, um, you know, as a rookie, the one thing I learned, and people said, well, you got more bites than me, Rob, and there's a real simple reason why. It was change your bait. Um, right. I mean, and it's hard. It's hard not to. If there's a hot bite and the guy next to you is, 
you know, hookup, you know, and a guy on the other side is a fresh one. And you got out there and you've been soaking a sardine for 10 minutes. It's like, oh, my God, I don't want to wind that in right now because they're bit, you know. But it's better to wind in and burn up a few seconds putting a new bait on and getting it out there. Because fishing a hot bait for a minute is a thousand times more effective than fishing a, a weak bait for 10 minutes if everybody else is getting hit on their hot bait. Change your bait. That's right. I burn through sardines like a madman on the boat, you know, and it's, it seems to help. That's well, right. You and gotta then you realize, look at the guy too, guys, when you're changing your baits and stuff, you're actually chumming too at the same time by changing your baits and stuff too. So you're actually doing two things at one time, attracting the fish to the boat and stuff. And guys so, like, I mean, it all goes hand in hand. Guys like Chuck have spent a lot of money to make sure that the bait that you're using on that boat is as lively and as fresh as you can get it. So, you know, it's important to take advantage of it. Wendy, you had another comment. Yeah, but one of the key things is if some guy is getting bit and you think you're doing the exact same thing and you're getting a bait when he's getting the bait, you want to ask that guy questions. The guy that's catching all the fish... Find out what he's doing different than what you're doing because what he's doing is working. So whether it's a fish, whether he's collar hooking it, whether he's butt hooking it, whether he's hooking it through the nose, what is he doing that's making him catch more fish? Find out. Ask questions. And that's Wendy, how you're, you... you're 100% right, Wendy. And we found that in my seminars every night in the galley, I tell people, you know, the different ways you can hook your bait. You can tail hook your bait. You can belly hook your bait, nose hook your bait. I go through and tell them which way swims better and how, which works better ways. And I tell everybody, guys, if you get bit, don't be afraid to turn around. Tell somebody if you got bit either on a squid or if you got bit fly line. Because like you're saying, if you find something that's working, if somebody's getting bit on a quarter-ounce slider, my God, let's put some more quarter-ounce sliders That's on. Right. I mean, if people work together and help each other, and we're on the boat, and everybody works as a team, you have a lot better chance of catching limits and a better chance of doing what's right for everybody. Well, Chuck, does it seem like if you, um, if you keep fish hooked that you keep the school at the boat, too, versus, yeah. oh, I'm not going to tell people what I'm doing because I want to be the only one that catches <laughs> the fish? That's exactly well, what I was just going to say. <laughs> That's very, very true, and every, the guys that are all in there that fish with me and stuff, they realize, and when I tell everybody about a seminar, that it's really important to have fish hanging and keeping fish underneath the boat to attract fish than it is breaking one off and one taking off and taking ten fish the other way instead of bringing ten fish to the boat. Yeah, bluefin are odd. They like yeah. to sit back and watch. I don't know, for some reason, they'll wait and then go, wait, wait, what's happening over there? Let's go check it out. Another <laughs> key thing dying. for me... Another key thing for me is I start out heavy. If the fish aren't biting oh, yeah. heavy or if they are, I can bring those fish in. <laughs> but I can always downsize if I'm not getting bit. So at least I am in the game, and then I'm downsizing to get into the game again if I'm not getting bit. But I would rather be able to get that fish in and be able to get that fish to make the count and bring in something that I can take home. So I'll fish as heavy as I can. Before, I used to fish light line, and I used to be, you know, one of those snobs that were, you know, I, I don't want to catch light line fish. But, no, now it's 
I want to fish as heavy as I can, especially if I have a chance of catching a big fish. I don't want to get rocked. I don't want to be undergunned. And I want to be able to bring in that big bluefin tuna that might be biting my line if they're going to bite. If not, then I'm going to downsize. But, you know, you got to get in the game and you got to play in order to, to win. And so, you know, it, it's key to be... To, to be observant and to watch what other people are doing and to be able to adapt. All right. Chuck, uh, Sea Adventure Sports Fishing, uh, tell us about the boats that you're running right now and, and the type of trips and how we can book to get a board from you because it sounds like you've got a trip coming on up that if we work it out right, it's still going to go out there and we might be out there with a limited load uh, on a time when the fishing's sensational. Yeah, we have a trip leaving on the 29th, Friday night, fishing Saturday, coming in uh, Sunday morning, and that's $315 a day and a half trip. Nice. But between now and then, guys, we are whale watching. So for any listener that would like to go and see a California gray whale and stuff in their migration, they can give H&M Lane a call, guys. They can book a whale watching trip. They can book a fishing trip there. We'd love to see you guys. Well, Chuck... I can't tell you how much we appreciate you taking time away from the family, especially here on Christmas Eve, to chat with us. It's always great talking with you, great information. And not only that, we hope to be able to catch up with you during the season and, and find out what's happening there. You, you always give us a straight skinny, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you, you're talking with us, and also your friendship here on Rod Real Radio. It, it, it's great always talking with you. Well, it's been a pleasure and I to deal with all you and the, all the different people that you have there. I know in the studio and guys that work with you, it's a pleasure to have all you guys on the boat and fish with us. So right. Merry Christmas to everybody and Merry good Christmas. fishing to everybody. Merry Christmas Merry to you Christmas, and, Chuck. and your family there, Chuck. We'll... Uh, probably be talking to you during uh, the week here after Christmas. Well, you better get on the damn boat Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> I owe you some more brownies. you got to be yeah. subtle. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Lori says she owes you some brownies for your appearance tonight. That, that might cause them to be on a lot more often, Lori. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Chuck. Hey, we're going to have to take a break right now. You're listening to Rod Real Radio on AM 540 or at com. Stay tuned. There's still more show to come. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. The warm weather is here and our lakes and rivers are brimming. Just remember, if you love California and you love to boat, please wear your life jacket. And make sure everyone with you puts one on, too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hey, bass fishermen. Who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the Bass Boat Program it is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, 
your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics and tell your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262 or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for BASSBOAT insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. Rod and Real Radio is now available as a podcast you can subscribe to on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. Get notified as soon as new episodes are available, or go back and listen to our past shows. Browse through all of our archive shows at roddenreelradio.com slash archives, and click the subscribe button to get started listening now. Hey, welcome back to Rod and Real Radio. I am your host, Hopalong John Cassidy. Wendy Tashahara is with us. Danny Wade's with us. Rob Tressler's with us. We just spoke with Captain Chuck Taft telling us about the fantastic fishing that's off our local coast here. Lori has had to step out. She's picking up her daughter for a little Christmas engagement. So she says goodnight and Merry Christmas to you all. You know, all I can say, Danny, is uh, this is as, as good as almost like summertime fishing is. And there's actually a lot more variety because a lot of the boats, they're going after bluefin. And when they limit out on bluefin, which they're doing fairly early, they're still chasing yellowtail. They're still chasing rockfish. They're still showing you a full day on the boat. Well, if you look at what's going on, I mean, the bluefin thing is, is exceptional in its own right. But, but Rob and Lori were out yesterday, and I know Rob was out today on local half-day boats catching yellowtail. It was yeah. amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. And the yellowtail you were catching, again, just fly lining or... Were you jigging them, or what were you doing, Rob? Folks were catching them on fly line and dropper loops, live sardine. I caught all mine on artificial lures, jigs, and uh, Laura used her infamous hookup baits to catch hers. Yeah, and, and the deal is, is a lot of people, okay, yeah, I got a, got a gas to those yellowtail, but I need the Mexican permit, and I need this and everything like that. That's not true right now. We were inside, we were miles inside the Whistler Buoyards, not too far off the Point Loma Kelp today. Right. So, Danny, uh, what's that happening? I mean, uh, I know you don't have a crystal ball, but is it where the bait is congregating right now, or is it the water, or is it the change between El Nino and La Nina, or uh, just a cycle? It's all the above. I mean, you know, the water's clean, the water's relatively warm. You know, you don't have to have 68 and 70-degree water to get yellowtail can't tell you how many yellowtail I've caught in 59 degree water. But if there's food in it and it's clean, guess what? You'll find yellowtail. Wow. Right. And, and Jenny, just, you know, in, you know, in your experience with the, the biomass of fish we have out here when it comes to bait fish and yellowtail and everything else like that, it seems like for the next coming seasons, uh, we've got a pretty good indication that we should be still experiencing some great fishing. Well, I would certainly think so. I mean, I, again, going back to when I was a kid, sardines were considered to be a thing of the past. They were extinct. That's mm-hmm. all I was ever told. We had anchovies and fishing 15 and 12 pound, 20 pound, and, and smaller hooks. 
then all of a sudden, come 1980, say, one or so, ooh, we got sardines. Wow. And that would change the world because, I mean, when my dad started doing this and when he was a young man, it was sardines. Anchovies were there, but they just didn't use them because we had sardines. You know, and we can't give enough kudos to the Everingham uh, Bait Company for helping provide us with the bait we have. This is what, Everingham is one of the things besides, you know, the great boats and every and the great skippers that make San Diego the world-class destination it is for fishing. Oh, definitely. Those, I mean, those guys work hard. They were put in long days. I mean, a, a number of those guys are friends of mine, you know, and, and they put in long, tedious hours to try and get you a bait to put on your hook and to try and get you the best bait possible. It may not always be the pristine bait you're looking at because you've got a certain amount of boxes, you've got a certain amount of space, and when you've got 27 boats taking, you know, 55 to 105 scoops, that's a lot of bait. And, you know, so, so you know, instead of maybe it, it doesn't get to sit as long as you would like, so it regenerates itself. But I'll tell you what, it's better than what goes on Somewhere else. Uh, somewhere else, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And not only that, the guys at Erringham over there, even for the private boaters or the guys that are in the uh, you know, the smaller boats, they come in, they just need a half scoop or something like that. Those guys are there, and they've got great yeah. baits, so they, they get a chance to have a great fishing uh, experience off our coast, too. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the bait systems that we have on the boats and, and from, from Erringham is... Basically, the make or break of what this business does. You know, I, I mean, you can complain about this or complain about that, but would you rather go out and have to go catch your own? Uh, well, you? we do. You know, that's what sabiki rigs are all about. But yeah. it's great to have the luxury like that because the bait that we're using is normally cured. It's ready to go. And it, as Wendy says, you want to look in that bait box and and catch the meanest one you can get and throw them out there because that's the one that's going to get bit. Right. I mean, you know, the the capacities that these boats can carry, and again, what Everham does is, is that supply and demand, you know, during the summer is, is ridiculous. And to try and keep up to it is, is very, very, very difficult. And they do a great job. I mean, again, you know, Go somewhere else and, and find the same the same situation. And we got to thank our skippers because the bait, you know, yeah, it, it's available, but again, it's a very expensive part of the program when it comes to the boats and everything. Uh, they pay a lot for that bait to just throw it away the way they do, but right. it, it's all part of the program. Yeah, very much so. It, it, again, you know, it, it's it, it is. There was a, a deal I saw, and, and uh, Ingrid Poole was involved in it. And this was called, years ago, Fishing Live Bait, San Diego Live Bait Fishing. Mm. That's how it was advertised. Yeah. Well, well, guys, Danny and Rob, I can't thank you enough for being with us tonight, giving up some of your Christmas Eve to come and talk to us about fishing. Danny, I know that's easy for you. You know, Rob, I know you had to give us some things to be here. I want to thank you very much for your time. It's a pleasure. Always a pleasure, John. And, Wendy, I want to thank you for uh, being with us uh, throughout the entire year and adding to the radio show. 
It just wouldn't be the same without you. Thank you very much, ma'am. All right. And I think uh, Wendy's dropped off. And guys, you know, I want to thank you for listening tonight. On behalf of the t- entire Ron Real Radio crew, we want to wish you all a Merry Christmas. We wish you great fishing. Danny, if people want to go on out and grab a, a board uh, or, or grab a boat at H&M Landing, find out what's happening, how's the best way to get a hold of the landing? 619-222-1144 or uh, check it out on the Internet at hmlanding.com. Yeah. And even, Danny, I know this happens too, even if guys aren't going on the boats to stop on by, to go into the tackle store over there, find out what's new, or to talk to you about techniques or what's happening maybe for an upcoming trip or to try and get an idea what to do, I know you're always there and answering questions for the general public. Yes, sir. Yeah, I, 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 I don't fluff it up. You know, uh, I'll tell you what is. And, <laughs> you uh, yeah. you call them the way you see them. Yeah. Most definitely, you know. All right. Yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for tonight. I want to thank you very much for listening to us. Now, next Sunday night will be a recorded show. Probably the most demand show that we've had was when we had Bill Boyce and Tommy Gomes talking about the old tuna industry. What happened to them? Where'd they go? Why did they go? We're going to replay that show, and then we'll also be replaying an interview that we had with Hank Parker. Those of you that missed it uh, were regretting it. Those of you that heard it thought it was one of the better interviews we've had. So we'll be playing Hank Parker on next Sunday night, along with Tommy Gomes and Bill Boyce. So, Wendy, are you there, or have you taken off for sure? Wendy has taken off. She started her... Christmas night celebration. We're going to do that, too. We're going to let you guys go out and do that. Thank you for listening to everyone. We want to thank Jorge and the AM 540 Studios. Ben Harvey, my local producer here. But always, in memory of Big Tuna Bill and Eddie McCune, who started the show, and the guy that kept us on the air for so many years, Paul Leader. Thank you, everyone. You have a great Christmas with your family. But after Christmas, go out there and get them. They're getting away. It's the best fishing that we've seen any time at this time of the year. You need to get out and do it. So good night, everyone. We'll see you on the water. On behalf of of uh, Rob and uh, Danny, we're out for now. Good night. But there's a sign upon your door. Gone fishing. How real gone, man. You ain't working anymore.